This episode is brought to you by NCMM, the National Coalition of Ministries to Men. Begin to pursue your dreams. Begin to just rethink what is my vision for my single mom life. That's syndicated radio host Amanda Carroll on this episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. This is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. We are here to help you put your faith to work and bring your bold ideas to life because there are so many things inside of you dying to come out. Armin, we have a super special guest today. Right. Super special because she's been on the program before as part of the Reinventure Me podcast. We have with us today, Amanda Carroll. She's been a broadcaster for nearly 20 years, a former evening news anchor for AM 1230 in Bloomington, Illinois, a news anchor for Christian Radio in Houston, a co-host for an FM morning show in Washington, D.C., a midday show host at K-Love, and now hosts her own syndicated show, The Amanda Carroll Show, on the air in over 70 cities in the United States and Canada. Now, Amanda Carroll is a single mom, three kids, and uh, founder of SingleMomLife.com. She serves on the advisory board for the Life of a Single Mom Ministries. I think you know where this is all going. We're going to talk about the life of a single mom today. Amanda Carroll, bodybuilder, book writer, podcaster of the Single Mom Life podcast. Welcome to the program, Amanda Carroll. Hi, glad to be here. Well, so glad to have you back. Now, you ha- you are no stranger to us because Armin and I both interviewed you back in the Reinventure Me days and just had such a terrific interview. The glory days. The glory days. <laughs> so it's we've been looking forward to having you back on the program. Now, I got to tell you this because it only occurred to me today as we were doing this. I don't even think Armin knows this. This is episode 41 of the Bold Idea podcast. Amanda, do you remember what episode you were on for Reinventure Me? No, is it the same number? Same number. Shut up! Is it really? Really, it is. <laughs> it's and totally I'm accident. One years old. This must be my number. <laughs> no way. You own forty-one. Oh, uh, she just do the Powerball or something. That's exactly. awesome. <laughs> exactly. Well, welcome again to the program. Glad we could have you on this episode, uh, special episode forty-one, featuring Amanda Carroll. Oh, it's my honor. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Now, Amanda, when we talked to you back in Reinventure Me days, um, you had such a terrific story and were very inspiring, especially to women who are trying to live the single mom life. And uh, <laughs> you've taken quite a few steps along the way since we visited with you back then. But let's let's rewind for our listeners who don't know who you are. Okay. Why don't you tell your story? Tell us how you got to, um, well, we're going to talk about what you're doing, but you got the bio, the, the, our listeners already got your bio, but let's, let's have you unwind that and talk about how you got to where you are. Oh, goodness. Well, you know, I just I, I grew up in church and um, I always loved radio. So I got into Christian radio and worked my way up and ended up working, doing a morning show in Washington, D.C., and I was married, doing the whole, I felt like I was at this perfect suburban Christian woman life, you know? And, um, you know, we had some problems, but I, I was working on it. And I just had our third child. And one day, um, my former husband, Time, came home from a business trip. And my youngest was eight weeks old. There were four 20 months and eight weeks old, my children. And he came home and just said, I'm done. I'm leaving you. Wow. And um, that was it. Any and specific we tried. reason? Not that what was that? Is there any specific reason why or just wanted to head out? You know, a lot of reasons why. And I will protect his privacy for those reasons why. But um, we worked on it for a while. Huh. Um, and it's no secret. He had a relationship outside the marriage. Uh. And that I did not know about. And it was just one of those things. And we tried to work through it, but um, wasn't going to happen. So I realized I had to start life over. And in, in the good church girl that had her life all planned out and looked perfect on Facebook and to everybody else felt like a sham. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. The whole thing was crumbling apart. And here I am, the the happy morning show girl on the Christian station in Washington, D.C., um, faking it for a while, um, trying to keep my family together. So it got to a point when I realized I needed to change things um, and I needed to be able to support my family better. And I got an amazing opportunity. It's funny when you pray and you put things out there, how God responds when you decide like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to let you do this, God. I'm going to tell you I need this. And then I'm going to put you in charge of it. I said, God, I need a job because I couldn't financially support um, me and my three kids with what I was doing. So um, we circled a friend of mine, August 1st on the calendar. It was a year to the date that he had come home from that business trip and told me he was out and he was leaving. And she goes, okay, by this time you have to have a decision. And don't you know, I got a job offer and it was the the big one. It was uh, doing a radio show live for the National Network K-Love. And I was on a plane moving to California on August 1st. Wow. And it was incredible. Ever since then, August 1st is kind of like my celebration day. I always celebrate that day because it was a fresh new start, a day that God answered my prayers, a day that I thought that I would be just kind of a lot of shame around divorce in the Christian community totally. and a lot of shame attached sometimes with single motherhood. And then to be able to be accepted at a place like K-Love as a newly single mom starting life over and be on the radio encouraging people just felt like um, such amazing grace and love from our father. It was incredible. So, and lots of stuff has happened. That was seven years ago. Um, I started life over as a single mom. I remember when you told us that story in Rin Rin Me, um, you mentioned even that you were so confident that something was going to happen on August 1st that you called the movers telling them that you were going to be moving, but you didn't know where. Yes, yes, this is, yes. I remember, I, you're right. We were waiting for a job and I had to be out of the house and I called those pod people, you know, when they put the pod that you can start filling up. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I need a pod here. I'm going to move. Um, well, when are you moving? August 1st, where are you going? I don't know that yet. They needed like a zip code, right? To to compute how much my bill was going to be. So like, can I call you back with that zip code? Like, I'm not real sure right now. <laughs> and it was awesome to then be able to call them back and be like, I'm moving to California. I mean, it was a bigger bill going from DC to California, but it was okay. Um I was going because I was sure that that's where God was leading me because it was his decision that he brought it all to fruition. And it was crazy when I got that job offer, um, I was working the details and I will never forget when her, the assistant called that books all the travel and moving for their personalities called. And she's like, okay, well, we booked your flight and we booked it on August 1st. Will that work for you? I'm like, Absolutely perfect. <laughs> I mean, that's how you know it's the right move to make. And I was moving away from all family, um, all my friends. I was starting life over by myself with, at that time, the kids were four, two, and one. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I, I don't know how to ask this question, but I feel like maybe there's something here. You you said earlier, when, when all this hits you, uh, you know, you were kind of living the perfect kind of Christian mom, married mom life. and what I, um, The one you think you're supposed to live. The one yeah. that, yeah, the one that you think you're, you, well, I mean, you know, it's kind of storybook life really in some ways. And it's pretty much unperturbed by, you know, major calamity and all this stuff came along. And then it's, it sounded like you said you were, you were faking it for a while. What, yeah. what was that all about? Talk about what that looked like. Well, I remember um, very clearly after that night, he came home and said he was leaving. And um, I didn't feel like I could tell people for a while. Mm -hmm. So I think I told my best friend um, and I didn't know what to do. So for about six months, I would show up at work um, and I didn't tell anybody what was going on in my personal life. I didn't tell him that my husband had left, that he was living someplace else and I didn't know where he was. Um, I didn't tell them that I was managing all the kids in the job by myself um, because I was afraid of their judgment. Mm-hmm. And I've learned, you know, we are always so afraid. I think what other people think about us, especially when you're involved in a church and faith environment, 
um, you tend to really hide some of the shameful things that you're going through. Mm-hmm. And it finally got to the point where I, I I was getting lots of questions. Where's his car? Why don't we ever see him? Or, you know, you're so busy, you seem stressed. Is everything okay? And finally I broke down because I was afraid I'd get fired mm. because wow. the radio station was owned by a church, a very conservative church. And, you know, I was afraid. I remember what they did to Amy Grant when Amy Grant um, went through her divorce. They didn't play her music on the radio anymore. And I was afraid. I remember telling a friend, I'm afraid they're going to Amy Grant me. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, I, I realized I was putting that um, shame and that judgment on myself. Yeah. Mm. I didn't even go to church during that time because I was too embarrassed to walk through the doors of my church by myself with my three kids, you know, asking people saying, where's your husband? Is he on a business trip again? Everything, you know, just honest questions that people ask, but I didn't want to give them the real answer. Mm -hmm. So for six months, I kind of faked it. And then finally, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I remember sitting down with my boss in Washington, DC and saying, I got to tell you something that's happened and I need your grace. And they were so amazing. And I got so much support and no judgment at all. And all they wanted to do was help us. And it felt incredible. And I learned a great lesson not to hide the stuff that you're going through to the church because those are the exact people that are there in your life to help you through it. And instead of assuming that they're gonna judge you just to make the decision to say, hey, I." I'm dealing with some real life issues right now. I need some help. That's what they're there for. And they actually ended up helping me move and helping me find a job and called and gave recommendations and did everything they could um, to help me support my family and start life over. I'll never forget their guys from that radio station helped me load that pod that I didn't know where it was going. (laughs) And for six months, you carried with you the stress of uh, what you thought their condemnation might be that wasn't really there. That wasn't reality. It wasn't reality. I think so many of us live like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. don't have to. Yeah. You do not have to. There's always somebody that understands. People understand more than you can imagine because no one lives a perfect life. We no. all pretend to have one on Facebook, but no one's actually living that life. Yeah. So how did that whole thing then change the way you thought about yourself. Uh, I mean, you described yourself as having almost this storybook life and and you had this perception or self-perception, I think, about what life was going to be like for you. What? Uh, how did that shift your thinking then? Well, um, when I first became a single mom, I didn't even want to call myself a single mom. It was like my biggest fear coming true. It was always, I kept thinking of a different way to say it, you know, like, no, I'm just like, I'm a full-time mom. No, that doesn't work. I'm a professional mom. No. Um, And going through that shame Mm. that I put on myself, then realizing as I was open to people and talk to people, then I was like, you know what? They're willing to help me and I'm going to make this shift and I'm going to feel honored to be a single mom because I don't want my children to think that our family's any less. You know, I think I say this to single moms all the time. The picture perfect family exists. It's just understanding that contents of your picture might be different. The contents of everyone's picture is different. Mm. You know, yes, you may not go out right now and, you know, get your picture taken in a fall scene with pumpkins with a man by your side, but you're still a family and you should still honor your family and honor your children by not thinking that the single mom life is any kind of holding pattern until you find another guy to marry you and accept you. It's not a holding pattern for your dreams. Um, It is just a way that you can make a new vision you know, about a year ago, I sat down and I realized I I made one of those vision boards that people make. And I always thought it was kind of a cheesy thing to do. 
But I, I did it as an exercise because I did a speech on it for my single moms. So I was like, well, I better actually do it myself. <laughs> so I came up and I made this vision board and I realized that even I had put certain things on hold because I felt like, oh, I can't do that. I can't run a website. I can't own a, two businesses. I can't be a self-employed single parent. That's crazy. you know. Talk about risky. I'll, I'll wait until I'm in a relationship. Or No, the single mom life is not a holding pattern. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's when you honor the fact that you're a single mom with your children, I feel like you honor your children and you honor the legacy that they're living in and they don't feel like anything less than. Mm. So I made this vision board and I put, you know, um, the kids and I in a picture in Tahoe because that's a place we love to go because one of the things is I want to take them on regular vacations by myself. That's one thing that single moms struggle with. I couldn't take all my kids on vacation, one adult with kids, but you know what? You can. And doing it by the beach is really easy. I <laughs> just do it. So that was one of the visions I had for my single mom life. And I had a, um, I put a picture of Barnes and Nobles because I'm working on always a single mom life book that I want to be on the shelf at Barnes and Noble. And I, there's this dream house that I have. It's a couple blocks away from the home that we live in. And I'm like, someday I want to buy a house like that. And I put it on the vision board. And just because I don't ever want to feel like I I'm in a holding pattern hmm. as a single mom. So through the, the pain, the grief, the rejection, the abandonment and the shame and all these things that you're dealing with, what did it take for you to actually even believe in yourself enough to even pursue something as simple, even though it's daunting um, to do like a vision board? Oh, that's a good question. You know, uh, um, I think two things with that. Um, other people believed in me and they told me. And I, thankfully, my parents had drugged me to church when I was a child. And I was basically raised in the pews. I mean, we weren't just Sunday morning family. We were a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, and a Wednesday night family. And I knew that Jesus had my back. I knew all of the things that I knew that he loved me no matter what. That was the biggest thing. I knew that he did not put shame on me. I mean, Jesus was raised by a stepdad, right? <laughs> Jesus, would, you know, Mary, in, in, in some ways, we would call her now a single mom. <laughs> so I know that, okay, so he understands my plight. And then I'll never forget um, my amazing stepdad. One night when I was in the uh, throes of trying to save my marriage. I went for six months of just trying to convince him to come back and go to counseling and try to figure it out and please talk to the pastor and everything. And I, it was just a horrific time. And I remember my stepdad called me on the phone and he said, Amanda, I want you to know that someday I see you as teaching others how to go through this of what you've been through. And I see you as a leader. And it just took, sometimes you just need somebody else to believe in you so that you can start believing in yourself again. And I, I don't know, I think that's really important to always speak life and possibility to the people in our life. And it's easy to criticize. He easily could have said, man, I don't know about this. I'm really worried about you. How are you gonna pay your bills? You know, he could have easily spoken criticism and worry, but he did not. He spoke life and possibility into my life. And I think that's a very powerful thing that we can do for the people that we love that are going through hard times to just to remind them that you may not believe on yourself, but I believe in you. Mm. That's good. That is good. When you looked at that vision board and you stepped back from it for the first time, what did you see on it that kind of knew you, God was in it, but it was kind of scary to you? Um, oh, I saw happiness and joy. My kids on vacation, my dream coming true. Um, a beautiful home. Um, I saw just joy and potential. And I know, and I'm not asking for big fancy things all the time. I'm not talking about um, money and fame and all that stuff, but I know the plans that God has for me. They're plans to prosper me and not to harm me and to have hope for my future. That's what I see on a vision board is hope for my future and the plans that God has. He doesn't, his plan for me is not to be a struggling single mom. 
You know, his plan for me is to lead my family well. Yeah, yeah, I might be doing it as a single mom, but really doesn't change the assignment he's given to me to raise amazing kids that love him. Doesn't change that. And my youngest, um, her name is so special to me. Her name is Zoe Grace. And I didn't realize how important that name was going to become. In the beginning, I had picked it from a Bible verse, um, John 10, 10, about... Um, living an abundant life for the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I came so that you can have an abundant life to the full until it overflows. Mm -hmm. It's the amplified version. And that abundant life word is Zoe, a Zoe life. That's what God has planned for us. That's what he wants, an abundant life. Mm. Not one where you are, you know, just surviving. Although I know it feels like that sometimes. But he always wants to give you that abundance, whether it's abundance in love from your children. We have an abundance of noise and food on the floor in our house. <laughs> we have an abundance of all kinds of things. Um, but that's, I don't know, that's how I cling to that vision board because I know that that's what God wants for us. And her name is Zoe Grace. Um, and the word grace, I love it, as means unmerited favor. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you've got the favor on God in your life and it doesn't matter how big of a hot mess you think you are or how big of a hot mess you were. It's, it's unmerited, nothing you can do to earn it. So I love her name. It's Zoe Grace, an abundant life of unmerited favor, mm -hmm. which is what God has for us. And he's not gonna say, oh, I'm gonna count you out for ministry because you're a single mom. You can't do that anymore. Nope, that's not, I mean, look at who he chose to the first person that Jesus proclaimed himself, I am the Messiah, was the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. You, earlier you said your stepdad said you're going to be an inspiration to other women going through the struggles that you're going through. But while you were going through the same struggles that you were just listing out, was there any particular women or pro prominent women that stood out to you that inspired you through your journey? Oh, yeah. Um you know, I think there's prominent women. That's an interesting word, prominent women. Um, I would think there are probably names that you might know and a name you don't know. Um, uh, Angela Thomas, the author, um, I always admired her. And I remember she had gone through something similar and became a single mom and wrote a book about it. Um, I love her so much. And we've, we've talked since. And she was a great encouragement for me. Uh, still is. And... Um, I'd say the most prominent is my best friend, Patty. She lived two doors down during that time. And I'll never forget, she's just one of the most wisest women I know. And at five foot two, um, ball of fire, that woman. <laughs> she <laughs> just would constantly drop truth into my life and pray for me and just say one day at a time. Let's just focus on one hour at a time at first. And she, I, she literally got me through one hour and then the next hour and I'd call her and I'd say, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. She goes, okay, for this next hour, you're going to take the kids on a wagon ride. But she, you know, she did not have to do everything she did for me. She didn't have to, she'd have us over for dinners um, when I was feeling very lonely. Um, like Friday nights, we would be at their house and, you know, her husband's in the military and she had four kids herself and she just kind of adopted us. So she was incredible. She's the most prominent woman, I would say, <laughs> in my life. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Larry, we have a new sponsor for our podcast and I know you know these guys really well. Yeah, I sure do, Armin. We're so honored to have the National Coalition of Ministries to Men as our sponsor for this episode. Now, I've been a member of that organization for nearly 15 years, and I had the honor to serve as its president for the last six years. It's a coalition of over 200 member organizations, all committed to discipling men. And Armin, as you know, we're all called to make disciples. That's right. And the guys I talk to that lead disciple-making ministries talk about how important yet difficult of a task it can be because they have to deal with people like me. <laughs> <laughs> and me. Yeah, you know, it sure is, Armin. And that's why NCMM was formed by leaders in the men's movement 20 years ago, because they needed to encourage, strengthen, and share ideas between themselves. Now, they have a big event coming up in November, and it's their national gathering in Nashville on November 13th through the 15th. And this really promises to be one of their best. 
Yeah, it looks amazing. For some of you, your bold idea may be to disciple men. And if it is, then you should definitely check it out. Learn more about the National Coalition of Ministries to Men by going to ncmm.org. Let's talk about your ministry, Single Mom Life. You started that... um you started the podcast, um, Single Mom Life, and you've started a blog at singlemomlife.com. Yeah. Um, how, has, how has that been received by your, your message, the things that God's been teaching you? How's that been received by, by other women out there? Uh, that's my favorite. I hope it's been received well. It's hard to know. Um, I get lots of great feedback about a year ago. I just said, you know, I, I'm doing this whole radio show thing that I love, but I have this passion to help single moms. I'm just going to kind of claim it. Um, and it, it got a great response from the very first phone call. You know, this was my bold idea. It was just sitting down one day going, you know, what could I do? I just want to, I want to brand myself as the faith-based expert on living the single mom life and not just surviving through it. Mm-hmm. And I started doing a little research and there's lots of stuff for single moms. And you know, I'll never forget, I came across um, a blog and there were lots of bad language in it. And there was um, just talks, dating stuff that I would never, that Christian would never do. And I thought, this is not what the single moms need. I want to provide them um, a different message and a different alternative. So I just got on um, GoDaddy to see if, and I wonder if what website's available. Is it Single Mom Life? My bold idea. I type it in as, whoop, there it is. Somebody's selling it. It was for really expensive. I'm like, I, I can't afford that. But I took the bold, I made the bold decision to then just pick up the phone and call GoDaddy and see what we could do. So I got this nice woman on the phone and I was like, hey, I want to buy this. Like, it says that it is like a, a special price. Someone's trying to sell it. It's a premium name for a website. Is there a negotiation that's involved? And she asked, well, what do you want? I said, it's singlemomlife.com. And there was silence. She just went, oh, I'm a single mom. Mm. And she, I was like, you are. Just, I, I've never met her. It was just on the phone. And so she started looking up at what I had done on my radio show. And I had kind of a previous website that had some single mom stuff sprinkled in. And she's like, oh my gosh, we need this. And that woman helped me negotiate a very fair, cheap price for that um, premium name. And, and she just, she has regularly encouraged me how much we need it. And it was just that, you know, that one bold idea and that one first step to take just one phone call, set it into motion. And it made me realize, okay, people do want this. And I love, I get messages from women all the time that says, you make me feel like um, there's nothing wrong with me or that I'm okay. Or I got one woman that said she was able to go back to church and not feel shame walking in by herself with children. Um, without a man by her side. And that. that was one of the ones that I am most proud of. Tell me, okay, I, I really hate that. Why, why, why do you think women end up feeling like that? I, I don't hate the women for feeling that, but like, what is it that we do as a community, as a society that makes women, even if it's not a woman, even if it was a man, doesn't make a difference. What makes people feel like that? What can we do to counteract that? Yeah, well, um, that's a great question. Um, I think I've had conversations with pastors about educating them um, to not only tell stories within the context of marriage and not assuming that everybody in the congregation relates to a story of marriage. You know, the, the divorce rate isn't different in our society versus the church. It's 50-50. It's 50%. So knowing it now, um, there are more children born to single mothers than there are born to married mothers. Wow. 
And so when you go, it's little things. I think that I found, I will own a lot of the shame we put on ourselves. You know, we all think that everyone's judging us when we're walking through the doors of a church and pretty much everybody's just worrying about what everybody else thinks. And they don't have time to think about you. Exactly. (laughs) What do you think of me? (laughs) (laughs) They don't have time to do that. So um, some of the shame is put on ourselves because, you know, it's seen as the Christian ideal is a mom and a dad and kids. And when you have that at church, you're kind of like the honored family that's put on the pedestal. But why not do the same thing to the single parent? The single dads too. The single parent family that is there, they can be a a great example that the pastor uses. They can be serving together. Um, And I think that takes away the shame. And sometimes, you know, there's always, there's marriage retreats all the time. And there's, um, you know, I, I even talked to one church. I was like, okay, so you have a women's Bible study during the day. Um, that has childcare for like the married moms that are, are available to stay at home. I was like, that's great. He goes, yeah. And, and you have one in the evening too for moms that are working, but that one doesn't have childcare. Oh yeah, because we know that dads can watch the kids. And 50% of the women don't have that. Mm. So if if the one during the day has childcare, can the one at night have childcare too? <laughs> Little things like that are what make a single mom feel isolated and alone. Mm. And I feel like if there's more of an understanding and more of just, just the talk track sometimes. Mm. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. I am actually just processing it from a church perspective just because that makes a lot of sense in terms of what we get the idea from uh, in terms of what our societal norms are. And if the place that we go to that we constantly get our message from says, this is normal. And if you don't fit that normal, AKA being a single mom, AKA being divorced or whatever else, then all of a sudden you feel abnormal. And if you feel abnormal, you kind of, I guess the immediate reaction is shame because I am some outlier. I am some failed something or other. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Wow. Amanda, when we talked back at reinventure me and there was shadows of it in your, our conversation here today, where you talk about the shift of your own thinking about, um, really enduring the challenges that you have to embracing them and seeing them in a new way. And you described it during our conversation in reinventure me as loving the life you live. Um, Yeah. And I, I love that because I think it's really a shift in how we perceive what's going on in our lives and particularly a challenge, I think, for a lot of single moms because they carry so many burdens. What are some of the ways in which you encourage single moms today to make that shift um, away from, oh, this is what's happening to me and, oh, this is the blessings that I do have? Talk about that. Yes, um, well, one of the ways I encourage single moms, I think, to, again, not look at this as some kind of sentence in life, but rather an opportunity is um, to understand that this is not a holding pattern. You know, and, and one of the, I, I encourage them, if you can, learn how to be successful on your own. Get your family photo taken send it out on a Christmas card. It's one of the first things that you do, you know, because it's one of the first things you don't do because you get all those at Christmas time and you put them up as, oh, look at that perfect family. Look at that perfect family. And I'm not perfect. So I'm not going to send one out. No, send it out. Mm. It's like a statement saying, no, no, we're good. This is us and we're going to live our life. Make your own goals. You know, maybe your goal is, I, one of mine was, I want to own a home. Because I think, you know, sometimes you can get in this um, holding pattern as a single mom. It's really hard to do. And I know not everyone can do it. But so really, you get in a holding pattern. You're renting, you're maybe living with family, and then you rent for a while, and then you're moving, you know, every year, and things are kind of, kids are switching schools every year. Because get it, it is hard. But if you can save up and buy something within your means, where you stay planted. It is your home that you build for your family. That is their school. It is their backyard. You can put paint on their walls. It creates your own positive place. 
you know, your your retreat, your place with your children, um, a place where you put down roots and you're not in a holding pattern anymore. Always move forward, right? What I like to say is get your brave on. Um, and that came from Joshua 1.9. I read it, it says, the Lord has commanded us to be strong and courageous. But then he also promises, and I'll go with you wherever you go. So it's not an option to be strong and courageous. The Lord actually commands us to do it. There's not many things he commands us to love, but he commands us to be strong and courageous. So when I looked at my single mom life and just, I was putting all these things on hold, I realized, nope, my realtor, my friend who's a realtor has said, you should buy a house. Like, you're crazy. I'll do that when I get married again. She goes, no, like your rent is as much as a house payment. You should buy a house. And why would you wait? To this day, that my home is one of my most treasured things that I've done as a single mom. I think it's one of the greatest things you could do to give your family that solid foundation and that permanence. It really helps you love the life you live and then begin to pursue your dreams. Begin to just rethink, what is my vision for my single mom life? I'm not here just to go out on a lot of dates and put a really good dating profile up on Christian Mingle or whatever it is. So another guy takes me into his life because then you just repeat the cycle. What is it that you can do to stand on your own two feet, provide for yourself, provide for your children? And what is it that would make you happy? What is your vision and how do you take the steps to get that? I I like to teach uh, my single moms to work backwards. You know, okay. Like I have one friend right now. She's like, well, she wasn't working. A lot of single moms um, leave a marriage and they haven't worked for a while. It's very difficult. So she wasn't working and she had four kids. She goes, well, I'd really like to be a teacher. I said, okay, so that's your vision. You're going to be a teacher. So let's work backwards. Let's get your brave on. Work backwards. What are the things you need to do? You know, well, I got to get the job and I've got to, um, you know, go to school. And so we work backwards, all the steps. And then the, the first thing was, you know, she had to register for classes. So to get your brave on, to make that her bold idea was to go back to school and become a teacher. The first step was just making the phone call to figure out when she had to register for classes. So many bold ideas are started. You, you accomplish them with a phone call. And that just gets it. And then every single day we said, okay, you get your brave on every day and you do one thing on that list to start to become that teacher that you wanna be. You know, she is almost done with school and she's starting to look for her student teaching and she's getting there. And you know, sometimes I think our bold ideas, we get really overwhelmed by them. For her as a woman that hadn't worked, didn't have a college education, that all of a sudden became a single mom with four kids, It was very scary to think, to go from that to I'm teaching in a classroom every day, full time. Mm -hmm. But it just took that one bullet, it just took getting her brave on one checklist at a time. We made that list backwards. We just checked one thing off from the bottom up and she's almost there to the top. Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, I love that. Get your brave on. Get your <laughs> I mean, brave like, on. you know, those are good words to say right at the beginning of the day. I'm going to get my brave on today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's before, like hashtag worthy, uh, right? It, yeah, right. Let's hashtag that. <laughs> get I your brave so. on. All right. Every day. Sometimes every sometimes you're getting your brave on is getting out of bed. Yeah, exactly. That can and be, that's okay. that, and when you're debilitated, just that can be success and that can be your bold idea today is just you're going to have an idea. You know, you're going to just right. get your brave on. So, Amanda, you have a free giveaway. Talk about that. Yeah. If you go to my website, uh, singlemomlife.com, you can enter your email in and it's called Get Your Brave On, 30 Days of Powerful Prayer for the Single Mom. And it's just a, like kind of a 30-day devotional. You can download it. It's completely free. Um, and it's just my gift to you. And then your your email is there. And then I'll regularly send you encouragement and blogs. I do a lot of videos lately. I like those because um, I just... That's how I have time <laughs> sometimes with my three kids. I don't have time to sit down and read a blog, but I can listen or watch a video in the midst of everything else is going on. So I'm sending those out um, and I have a um, YouTube channel, Single Mom Life, and a podcast, Single Mom Life, and trying to do everything I can. Uh, you, know, you know what my next bold idea is? I want to know. 
I wonder, I'm just going to say it because this is kind of scary because I really have done nothing to accomplish this, but I really want to start um, doing webinars for single moms. Hmm. Because as I learned, um, it is hard. We've done events for single moms, but it's really hard for single moms to get away at an evening event <laughs> because yep. we've got kids and we need childcare and we have soccer practices and we don't have someone else that can do it for us. So I have a bold idea to kind of start single mom conferences online. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm going to invite our audience to encourage you in that bold idea. So if you're a single mom or you know a single mom that might have an interest in Amanda's webinars, just jump out. We're going to have a link to our show page as well, but jump out, leave a comment and just say, yep, count me in or do it. Because uh, yeah, Hold me accountable exactly and tell me what right. you would want let's, it to be about. Let's spur one another on to love and good work, shall we? Please hold me accountable and tell me, I, I want one on, you know, co-parenting because that's really hard for me right now. Or I want one on dating. Please help me not make the mistakes. That's, I have a blog about that, like the 10 worst mistakes you could make dating. Oh, good. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people interested in that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll be good of our YouTube channel as well. There you go. <laughs> Amanda, so good to have you on the program. When Armin and I start a new podcast, we'll we'll circle you in for episode 41, 41. of that one too. <laughs> wow, I'd be honored if I still make the cut. You guys are awesome. <laughs> well, thanks again. So good to talk to you again. And uh, God bless you as you continue to help um, single moms live out their calling, their bold ideas, and their single mom life. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Well, I mean, it's so good to have Amanda back on the show again, right? It is. 41 reunite. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was surprised me when I saw that too. I was like, oh, really? That's kind of cool. That's completely unintentional. That's why it caught no. me off guard. It's not like we strategically planned out 41 to 41. Yeah. And she, her date was August 1st, right? And so if you take August, that's 8 and you divide it by two. Oh, no, here and- we go. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Physics. And no, well, we're not even going to try that. <laughs> okay, so I heard some things that I think I want to take away okay, from Okay, well, this. tell me. What are, what are well, your takeaways? you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to process the people that we talk to, especially those that, you know, we, we really love what they're doing. And I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, single moms anyway. You know, we, we had done um, a whole church program that I led for a while to try to minister to single moms. Cause I really think they have had a challenge. And my niece is a single mom trying to you know work through life with uh, raising her two boys and wow. just seeing the challenge of that and, and being close enough to it that I know that it's very, very difficult. But there was one thing that she said in there that, well, two things that I kind of take together and, and I really am more sensitive to it for me now. And I want to be on the lookout for it. First is we don't often know what's going on in other people's lives. Like she said, you know, she was faking it for six months before anybody. I mean, you know, you maybe have some ideas, is everything okay? But, you know, you don't really know the depth of what other people are going through, the challenges that they face and what's going on in their lives. Single mom or not, just just people at large. And most of us all have some kinds of challenges. And, yeah. uh, and you know, we don't all wear them on our sleeve. So you may not know. People are trying to go around to fit in. Yeah. And, uh, and she felt like she had to behave in a certain way in order to be accepted. And we all do that. That's kind of social acceptance. It's how we see ourselves fitting in uh, so that we, we're not disruptive to our community. Yep. Now, um, if that's the case, and the one thing that she said really helped her was her stepfather, who, who really gave her a vision for her life, mm-hmm. you know, and stepped in and said, this is what I see in you. And now I'm, I know her stepfather probably was quite aware of her situation, but how often do we have the opportunity to really encourage other people by really not having our focus on ourselves? Like we, we joked about at church, and I think it's really largely true. Most people probably go around thinking more about what they think other people think of them than what they're so thinking true. of other people. You know? yeah. But if we were to really take this idea of inspiring people's bold idea and really think about how can I turn that into words that can encourage and help give vision to other people? Yeah. I think they're starved for that mm. at any age and at any circumstance. I mean, certainly single moms would be a great place to start because we know the need is great there. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's true for everyone. I think everyone could stand for somebody to be in their life that'd be willing to do what her stepfather did and step in and say, you know, I want to invest in you with a vision. Mm help you think through what your life could become. Wouldn't that be inspiring for every pe- everyone's bold idea? Oh, God, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'd, I'd light a fire in people. Absolutely. 
Brene Brown, I'm sure you've heard of her. She's oh, yeah. kind of, not kind of, she has written the book on shame and vulnerability. Um, and, you know, uh, Amanda clearly talked a lot about shame. Um, and Brene Brown says once, has this quote where she says, vulnerability is the birthplace of connection on the path to the feeling of worthiness. If it doesn't feel vulnerable, the sharing is probably not constructive. And when Brene Brown said that, it was at a time where when I read that uh, quote from Brene Brown, it was at a time when I myself was feeling uh, a lot of shame for whatever reasons. And I remember the hardest thing for me to do was be vulnerable which um, which is a lot of what Amanda was saying. Mm-hmm. And I loved the fact that she said something as simple as someone else believing in her before she believed in herself made it possible for her to actually eventually believe in herself. But for her to have that someone to say that they believed in her, it started out with her just taking the risk of being vulnerable and saying, you know what, everything is not okay. Yeah. Things did fall apart. And I really don't know what to do and I don't know what's next. But that in itself, the admission of vulnerability, that I'm in a vulnerable position, I'm in a vulnerable place in life and I don't actually have answers and I do feel hopeless, that that simple step, even though it is the hardest step to take, can open up all the doors, can bring in all the right peoples and also get rid of all the people that don't need to be there Mm. all at the same time. You know, and it reminds me of another Brene Brown quote that I think is very appropriate here because she says, vulnerability is the first thing I look for in you and the last thing Mm. I expect to give to you or, you know, (laughs) or I want to give to you. So, you know, it's, it's the thing that we often look for in others and we have the hardest time giving in and of ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be, and maybe this is where you're going with this thought, Armin, it could be that our path to our bold idea Mm. has to come through vulnerability. Agreed. It has to come through that period. And I think that this is certainly part of Amanda's story where she recognizes it doesn't work to fake it anymore. Yeah. I need to be disclosing. Yep. Perhaps in a safe way. And that's how she, she described it, but I need to at least disclose what's going on. Um, And in that, in doing that, maybe that's when the bold idea that God has for you becomes manifest. It's like, I'm not trying to, to prop myself up anymore. I'm not trying to pretend a success that isn't there or pretend what I think a success ought to look like. Right. Probably more aptly said. Yeah. I love that. The the other thing that she kept saying that really struck a, a chord with me is that she kept saying it's, it's not a sentence, it's an opportunity. Mm. And and it's one of those things that I can apply to a single mom or it can apply to a guy that just failed at business, exactly. uh, a guy who dropped out of college, right? And I'm not trying to make a gender thing here. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it can apply to anyone. It's one of those things where something circumstantially happens in life where it makes you feel like you've failed, you've been rejected, you've been abandoned, you've lost your hope or whatever it is, but it feels like a death sentence, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a temporary circumstance, but it feels like a death sentence mm-hmm. and you treat it like death and you live as if you're dying, if not already dead Yes, and almost continuing and growing this belief that all has ended, right? Yep. Cause you're not doing anything. You're not progressing. You're not trying things. You're not trying to fix the problem. You're not doing anything, right? So it's just kind of growing the situation and gradually making it worse. Mm-hmm. You're, it's self-fulfilled prophecy almost because you've convinced yourself all is done. Everything is over. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> but for me, I, I, I think the fact that she's she has the credibility to say it. I had three kids. I was a single mom. My husband left me for another woman. There is very little in this world that will make you feel more rejected or abandoned. There's less in this world that will make you feel like a greater death sentence of life is over you, but you have to continue to live. Yet she did. Not only does she continue to live, but she is thriving. She's become an influencer. Yeah. She is impacting other people's lives and she's become the voice of hope. Yeah, because she refused to see it as a death sentence. Right. You know, a few people boast about the exercise they got walking to the electric chair. Yeah. (laughs) You know, right. It's not like that's the thing they focus on. Yeah. (laughs) And if that's all our focus is on is on the death sentence, that's all we're going to see. Right. You know, so. And uh, wait for. And, and wait for. Impeding death. 
it's it's inevitable. It's going to happen, right? You know, because woe is me. <laughs> if God has you alive, He has you alive for a reason, and that reason is something that He wants to inspire in and through you, through the circumstances He has. He's not giving you anything that you can't endure. Right. And Amanda's story is a good example of that. She's awesome. I love Amanda. She's yeah. I'm I'm so glad she does what she does. I'm so glad that she was here. And I, I and I honestly more than hope. I pray that the single moms in the world actually um, do connect with her or other amazing single moms like Amanda Carroll so that they can see that there's an army of them out there and they don't stand alone. And there's an entire team and army who will stand by each other and move to the next chapter in life. And they're, and it's not an eternal winter and spring and winter or spring and summer right around the corner. And there's something to celebrate. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you speak so highly of Amanda. I, I, I think she's great as well, but I know that in our, episode at reinvent for me she took away your hand card when she told you that she could deadlift 320 Why pounds you gotta remind people of that <laughs> <laughs> try to lie to her like yeah, i'm bodybuilding too amanda <laughs> i did well, a push-up this morning to get up i know right <laughs> there's something stretching in there for all of us so we hope you found this episode particularly stretching for you as well just the inspiration of amanda's story perhaps inspiring your own either to uh, reach out to uh, someone who might need a a word from you or perhaps just a readjustment or reappraisal of the situation that you find yourself in. We hope that you found some inspiration in that. We'd love to hear from you at theboldideapodcast.com slash 41. Leave a comment for us. We'll share it with Amanda as well. You'll find links to her website. And uh, you can also call our show line at 612-568-IDEA or 612-568-4332. Of course, we always love reviews on our show at boldideapodcast slash review that will hit iTunes or Stitcher, whichever platform you listen to, to leave a review. And uh, again, sign up for our blog to get uh, blog posts from our guests that can also inspire you. And we just want to thank you again for listening to this podcast, this episode. We hope that it has sparked in you something for you to pursue in your bold idea. And until next time, this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. We're saying so long and God bless you. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.